Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jared Cummings. And I'm Hayden Ludwig. And this is the Influence Watch Podcast. This week, we're filling in for our regular host, Michael Watson. And in this episode, we'll discuss the caravan from Central America that is seeking to illegally cross the border into the United States. They have already broken through Mexico's border fence, and in preparation for a clash at our border, Defense Secretary James Mattis has dispatched 800 U.S. soldiers to help support law enforcement peacefully stop the caravan from breaking into the country. But will that be enough? Hayden, how many people are in this caravan? Right now, there's a group of roughly 4,000 economic migrants making its way from El Salvador and Honduras to the U.S. 4,000 economic migrants? That's bigger than my high school. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Well, the caravan and many on the left are calling them refugees, uh, and that's, that's kind of a misnomer. If these people were refugees, that would mean the U.S. is obligated under international law to grant them asylum. What we're dealing with, actually, are economic migrants. These people are after jobs, food, and welfare, you know, the typical amenities of a first world country. So, uh, you know, I'd say that it's pretty conveniently forgotten by many people who are backing this refugee branding idea that international law also requires refugees to be given asylum in the first country they set foot in. In this case, we're talking about Mexico, not the U.S. But they're not stopping in Mexico. They're set on coming here. So the U.S. isn't obligated to receive them either way. So if the U.S. isn't obligated to let this caravan walk on through, who is demanding that they be let in? In short, we're talking about left-wing activists in the U.S. Left-wing activists in in the United States? Yep, exactly right. So when Trump recently claimed that leftist activists in America organized the caravan, is that true? Well, if you listen to the New York Times and the Washington Post, no— Those two groups, pretty liberal themselves, have claimed that unlike previous such caravans, this one was spontaneously generated. Spontaneously generated. (laughs) Since when do 4,000 people spontaneously get together to go cross, break into two countries? Right. Uh, Crossing something like 2,400 miles of of distance between their home countries and the U.S. in flip-flops. Yeah, where, where are they even staying? How are they getting, are they just walking? Are they getting rides? How is that? Do you know? I think somebody calculated that if you can walk three to four miles a day, it would take you about 100 days uh, with women, children, etc., to make your way from Honduras all the way to the U.S. border. It's a long way to go. Wow. Yep. Well, so, you know, I mean, to hit this point, it's fair to say that uh, no group has claimed responsibility for it, and that's partially true. No group has taken credit for the caravan. But there is one nonprofit, the illegal immigrant advocacy front Pueblo Sin Fronteras, which is People Without Borders. They've been organizing these kinds of caravans to enter the U.S. illegally since about 2010. And reports from the Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, and the Mexican newspaper La Jornada reveal that at least two Pueblo activists are embedded in this current caravan. So there are two U.S. left-wing activists actually walking with... The caravan. That's what I can tell, at least two, yeah. And are they're connected to Pueblo Sin Fronteras? Yeah, that's right. So so this group is, is pretty obscure. They're based in Chicago. Uh, it appears that they themselves are closely affiliated with two more pro-illegal immigration groups. So we're talking about not only Pueblo Sin Fronteras, we're talking about the Centro Sin Fronteras, or Center Without Borders, and another group, La Familia Latina Unida, the United Latin Family. So 
are they all connected in Chicago or are they dispersed throughout the United States? Can you give me some more background information on, on where these groups come from? I've never heard about them before. Yeah, sure. I think they'd prefer it that way. Uh, essentially, we're dealing with three groups that seem to operate in tandem. So the oldest of these is the center, Centros in Fronteras. It looks like it was created in 1987 by Emma Lozano, who's a pastor at the Lincoln United Methodist Church in Chicago. So she herself says that she created it in the late 80s after her, uh, her uh, brother, a guy named Rudy Lozano, was murdered. Rudy Lozano, it turns out, was also a left-wing community organizer in there. And his murder was quite mysterious. Nobody knows who actually did it, it looks like. Um, Lozano, though, has turned into a, an active advocate and activist for recent immigrants and illegal immigrants living in Chicago. If you go off her church, uh, they've hosted application workshops for DACA, which is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, if you remember that one under the Obama administration, mm-hmm. and uh, for DREAMers, who are the protected class of children of illegal immigrants who can't be deported. So it's it's kind of a, a, a tentacle group, if you will, kind of a hydra operating mostly out of Chicago with some international connections here. So is she doing this all volunteer? I mean, it's connected to a church, but where where does the money come from for all the time that she's committing to this activism? Right. It's a little bit obscure. What we can tell is the center, which is a 501c3 organization, uh, appears to be funded with grants from the Public Welfare Foundation, which is a pretty major left-wing funder, and a group called the National Immigration Forum, which itself is funded by groups like the Carnegie Corporation, the Ford Foundation, the MacArthur Foundation, which are all major left-wing funders, and my absolute favorite, George Soros's Open Society Foundations. So ultimately, this little pro-illegal immigration group in Chicago, Pueblo Sin Fronteras, is being funded by George Soros? Absolutely. You could think of it kind of like a front for the many different pro-illegal immigration groups in the U.S. Uh, Lozana for herself, for instance, is tied to a group called LULAC, which you may have heard of. It's, it's the League of United Latin American Citizens, and it's about as sinister as LULAC sounds. It's a, a pro-legal immigration front that has a member of itself on the board of Pueblo. And this, this is a woman who's called for the end of deportation of illegal immigrants. Uh, she's, she's essentially called for the U.S. to knock down its borders and let the caravanners inside. Wow. So... You mentioned the other two groups, La Familia Latina Unida and the Center Sin Fronteras. How are they operating with um, Pueblo? Yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit of a confusing circle here. At the center of it, to understand this, you got to look at a woman named Elvira Ariano. So Ariano was a Mexican citizen who crossed into the U.S. illegally in 1997. She was deported and then promptly crossed the border again a few days later. She lived in Oregon for a while, but then she eventually made it to Chicago, where she was arrested for working under a false Social Security number. Uh, The center, Centros in Fronteras, that is, protested her arrest, and it looks like Ariano wasn't deported, probably because she had a uh, U.S.-born son who lives here now. She ended up joining the center around 2001. So it looks like with the center's help, that would be Emma Lozano's help, Ariano created this group, La Familia Latina Unida, around this time while she was hiding from immigration authorities in a Methodist church in Chicago. 
No, that church is closely tied to Emma Lozano's church, which itself seems to be a hotspot for illegal immigration groups. And so it's 2018 now, which 17 years since 2001. Is she still in the country? It looks like she got a stay of deportation last year. Ariano, that is. And now how are—so if she's still here in this group she created, La Familia— Latina Unida, how are they, are they still working with Pueblo? It looks like it. So La Familia Latina Unida, unlike Pueblo, or I'm sorry, unlike the center, is a 501c4 activist group, which means that it can do more lobbying and advocacy group than its 501c3 counterparts. Um, in short, what this means is uh, they can advocate for changes to U.S. immigration law if that's what they're after. So the connection between these two is a little bit hazy. La Familia and Pueblo Sin Fronteras seem to act as one organization. So you got to keep in mind this is kind of a trifecta of groups we're talking about here. So just taking a step back so I understand the influencers on this illegal immigration topic, we have major liberal foundations, the Rockefellers, the Uh, George Soros' Open Society Foundations that are funneling money to these groups in Chicago. And these groups are in some way connected to the caravan that's certainly making its way up through Mexico right now? It sure looks like it. Here's why. If you look back at the previous caravan that happened in uh, March and April of earlier this year, we know that Pueblo took credit for organizing that last caravan. Uh, It released a press release where it essentially called for the U.S. uh, and Mexican governments to, you know, tear down their walls, if you will, and let these people through. How big was that caravan? Well, that caravan was about 1,500 people, so a lot smaller. Still pretty big versus the 4,000 plus that we're talking about right now. Much bigger. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, clarifying on that press release point, at the time, they demanded the U.S. and Mexico, quote, open their borders to us because we are as much citizens as the people of the countries where we are and or travel. In in other words, wherever you set foot, you suddenly, magically, spontaneously, if you will, become a citizen of that country. So literally seen fronteras without borders. And yet they're still claiming they didn't organize the current rally, right? Right, yeah. But, you know, the funny thing is they they could say that the facts suggest otherwise. At least two Pueblo activists, Dennis Omar Contreras and Rodrigo Abeja, have been identified by leading newspapers as leading the caravan through Guatemala and now into Mexico. There's another guy, too, a Pueblo organizer and spokesman named Alex Menzing, an American, who held a protest in San Francisco on October 19th in support of the caravan, and yet another Pueblo activist, a guy named Ireneo Mujica, who was arrested by Mexican officials at the Guatemalan-Mexican border during a protest in which he supported the caravan. The better part of that, too, is that Pueblo then released a press release demanding the U.S. let the caravan enter illegally, And they listed Mujica, the arrested guy, as a press contact. So these groups claim they're not connected or or organizing the rally. Meanwhile, they have official operatives walking with the people in the caravan. Well, that's exactly right. If you ask the people leading this group, who happen to be Pueblo activists themselves, these groups were, this group in particular was created out of thin air. It's a bunch of people who spontaneously decided to just up and leave their country and march 2,400 miles across a continent in order to, to enter the U.S. illegally, uh, despite, you know, everybody telling them that's completely illegal and you'll be turned away at the U.S. border if you tried. Of course, we know that this is the exact group that organizes these things on a professional level, 
there's nothing spontaneous about it. As it goes, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, looks like a duck. <laughs> yep, you're dead on. So what's, what's the bottom line? I'd say the bottom line is actually what the liberal magazine The Atlantic admitted earlier today. If this caravan is allowed to violate U.S. law and cross into the country illegally, it'll only signal to others in Central America that our border won't protect itself. There's already another caravan reportedly forming in Honduras as we speak. I mean, it's decision time right now. We either say no or we let them in and we let in everybody else of the, let's say, 150 million people across the world who said that they would love to immigrate to the U.S., uh, U.S. laws be darned or not. And that's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.